Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 204, and today I'm going to be sharing with you a launch experiment that helped me rank on page one for a new product. I'm going to give you exactly what I did and why I think it worked. Now, you guys probably have been hearing a little bit of buzz out there on the internet about super URLs or keyword-loaded URLs and that they're not working anymore and should we use them and if we use them, can we get banned and all of that stuff. And really quickly, I'm just going to say that, you know, there's a ton of claims always being made and I'm not going to be here sitting, you know, telling you that, you know, that there's not going to be any risks. There's always going to be risks when you're playing in Amazon's sandbox, period, all right? So you need to do what you feel is right. Um, I've tried a lot of different things. I don't think I could say that I've really tried a lot of, uh, you know, gray hat type stuff. Like, I try to keep it as clean as possible. Are there things that I might have did that I didn't realize? Possibly, um, but I'm saying right, right now, I'm trying to do everything on the up and up, and I always have been, uh, but... As it, you know, as you start hearing new tricks and techniques and tactics and stuff, you know, it's tempting, right? So I'm going to give you something that I've done recently and it's been a really clean launch and it's done fairly well. Uh, so I'm going to share that with you because I think it's important to show you that, you know, there's different workings within different markets, but then also competition and kind of all those things. So that's what I'm going to be kind of going through. So again, if you guys want to uh, download any of the show notes or the transcripts or any links that we talk about, if you want to see all those, you can always head over to the show notes to this episode, which is 204. So that's the amazingseller.com forward slash 204. And you can go ahead and grab all of those uh all of those notes and transcripts and all that stuff there, all right? So definitely do that. All I ask is, you know, leave a comment or maybe share the podcast. That's really all that I ask if you want to go ahead and give me a little bit of a of a payment in a sense is uh, just just give me a little love, right? Just just share this, share the podcast, let other people know about it. All right? So um the other thing that I would say is on episode 185, we also talked about a launch strategy and then also on episode 173, we uh, interviewed a guy that did very, very lean launch is meaning that he didn't really do anything to, uh, you know, to give away units or any of that stuff. And he talks exactly what he did. That's episode 173. And then, uh, I also did an episode on episode 101, which was where we did an updated, right? We did an updated product launch. And, uh, from there we kind of talked about different things that we're doing, um, you know, now. And some of those things might have even changed a little bit there. Um, episode 185 was really just a new strategy, um, that we've kind of tweaked a little bit. But today is going to be even a little bit of a newer, uh, strategy. And it's really, again, really lean, but I'm just going to kind of go through and share with you exactly what I did. I do want to give a shout out to every Everyone that has been uh, leaving iTunes reviews or that have been, uh, you know, leaving comments on the blog or on Facebook, I just want to say thank you. It really does mean a lot when I get to 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 hear these things, but also to meet you people in person is just amazing. Uh, we were just recently in Denver, met a lot of great people there, and uh, yeah, just wanted to say uh, just. 
keep it coming, right? Just just keep it coming. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and kind of dive into the launch experiment that helped me rank page one for multiple keywords, and it happened kind of quickly, all right? So let me just kind of break it down first, okay, as far as like why I think it was easier to rank than other products that I've launched in the past. Number one, okay, is I found a product with low reviews, meaning I found a product that all of the listings pretty much had low reviews, okay? And I was still looking for uh, items that could sell at least 10 a day, so 300 units per month or more, and uh, and but have lower reviews, okay? So now in Jungle Scout, if you guys have, have uh, used Jungle Scout or if you've heard me talk about Jungle Scout, they have settings in there that you can do some searches to find products that are getting 300 or more sales or maybe 300 to 1,000 sales. You can kind of put in these parameters. Um, if you guys haven't listened to that episode with Greg Mercer, um, I did one with him, let's see, episode 161 and then also episode 56. And we talk all about depth of demand, all that stuff. But really, I followed that right there that I wanted low reviews because if I got low reviews and they're still getting 300 sales or more, that's an easier uh, you know, an easier market to tap into or, you know, an easier product because I don't have to worry about getting thousands of reviews or even hundreds of reviews, right? There's some sales that I found within this market that they're getting like 300 to 400 sales with no reviews, like crazy, right? But I also kind of dig into, uh, you know, kind of how I can reverse engineer as far as like, okay, have these people been doing promotions, are those numbers spiked, and all that stuff, and I talk about that in other episodes, but right now, I just kind of want to give you the parameters of why I think that this was easier uh, to rank, and number one is there wasn't a lot of competition, and some people are saying, well, Scott, there's there's hardly any products out there anymore, you know, there, there's hardly any products out, uh, out there that you can actually sell because everyone's doing it now. You know, and I'm here to tell you that I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't, I don't believe that. All right. Now, does that mean that it's going to be trickier, maybe a little harder? Uh, yeah, it might take a little bit more work, but they're still there. You just got to dig a little bit. It's kind of like that show Gold Rush, right? You guys know I'm a big fan of Gold Rush. It's like, you know, you can't expect to just go and, and point at, you know, a, a hillside and then say, that's where it's going to be. You got to drill holes, and then when you drill the holes, you might still get down there. There might not be any gold there as much as you thought because you you went into a certain hole or a certain area that had a lot, but then you move three feet the other way and you got nothing, right? So again, it's it's it, they're, they're out there. You just have to you got you got to dig, you got to do the work, you got to hustle, you got to work a little harder. Um, okay, so just want to get that out of the way because I get a lot of people that say that to me. They're like Scott, you know, there's so many people doing it now, and it makes it so much harder. And it, you know, it is it is harder than it was two years ago for sure, you know, but it doesn't mean that it's not possible. And I've always said that it's, it's a great place to start on Amazon. It doesn't mean you have to finish on Amazon. And I don't think that that's the long-term plan anyway. Um, just want to, just want to put that out there. All right. So let me kind of dig in here again. All right. So number one is finding a product with low reviews. Okay. But has low reviews. It's still getting 300 plus sales a month. All right. The other thing that I found was it was easy to source in the U S All right. Now that's been something I've been trying to work on for a very long time. How can I find a product that I could even wholesale if I wanted to just to test that product? Right. And then I can figure out if I can source it to China or another country or even in the States cheaper. Right. How can I do that quicker? So that's another strategy moving forward that I may even experiment experiment with more is doing a wholesale product that, you know, is kind of like generic 
and then being able to create my own later because then you're able to test faster, right? And it, this is definitely the case if you're doing you know more expensive products, bigger products. Why not do that, right? I mean, that's definitely on my radar. So it's just another easier way to kind of get started and test the market without having to buy 3,000 units, right? So that, that's number three. I found something that I could easily source in the States, okay, and get it here quickly and on a small run. I could do as little as 100 units, okay? Now, the other thing that I did kind of look at here is some of these products that I'm playing with, and this one in particular, could be seasonal, okay? Seasonal in a sense that you might have ups and downs throughout the year, okay? But again, I've talked about that before. If you find those and then you find other ones that are at different seasons and then you kind of fill out the the entire year, that might be something to look into. But this was kind of like, to me, a no-brainer decision to go ahead and try this. And I wanted to try it with 100 units, all right? Now, moving forward, I'm gonna try with 200 to 250 units because I ran out of stock, all right? And then I was kind of dead in the water. Right now, I've got three listed. One of them is in stock. Two of the other ones actually... One of the other ones that's out of stock was uh, was selling like upwards of 17 to 18 a day. Uh, so we ran out fairly quickly. Again, I'm going to run through with you exactly what I did from the time that we we got the inventory in to the time we ran out of stock. All right. And I'm going to share with you exactly how and why I think that I was able to able to rank fairly quickly. All right. So again, there's the four things that I wanted to cover within that product and why I think that the launch strategy here didn't need to be this elaborate, you know, big launch plan, right? So I found a product with low reviews, zero to 70 reviews. Again, I'm going to get people to say, well, Scott, I found something that's only got, that's got, you know, zero to 80 reviews. Is that still okay? Yeah, that's okay. I mean, if I found, you know, a few that were selling 150, it still would have been okay, right? But I found some that were selling and still right now, they're selling with only two reviews, which is crazy, right? And so again, that's exciting and it allows you to be able to uh, to really use your skill set and uh, in, in these, these things that we've learned through, uh, through launching other products that we can do a better job and probably rank, okay? And this is a, a, gr- a great, you know, example of that, all right? So I was able to test with 100 units. That's what I did. So First thing I did was I created the optimized listing and not really that optimized. I got I to gotta be honest, I only had three pictures, okay? Three pictures, that's it, okay? Nothing fancy, just three pictures. And the reason why I got a little, I guess, lazy with that is because everyone else only had like one image and they were terrible, right? So I said, yeah, I'm gonna do a little better. I'm gonna do three. Now, I'm probably gonna expand that out to at least six, all right? But again, I'm trying to play here. I'm trying to experiment. I'm trying to see what I can do without putting in too much effort in the beginning, all right? So three pictures, um, created a title that was, you know, keyword loaded, uh, you know, talked about the benefits, uh, you know, all that. Bullets, did the same exact thing. We did at least five bullets. The description, same exact thing that I've always done. And then the other thing is we definitely optimize the back end keywords, the search terms, okay? Now, recently they've updated that to where now they're not allowing just, I think it was only like per line, it might have been like 100 or 200, maybe maybe it was 100 or 200, I forget what it was, but it wasn't many. Now it's 1,000 per line. Now it's actually hard to find enough keywords to put in the back end, all right? So what I did is I took uh, the back end keyword you know, uh, section and I filled it out, 
with everything. And what I did there is I just took, uh, I took one of, uh, one of the competitors and I just dropped it into keyword inspector. I, I went and ran a search on that and I pulled all the top keywords and I plugged them into those fields. And I started with the, the top, uh, the, the top field, the search term field. And I really paid close attention to the front end of that. All right. Now that means that I didn't just throw any, any old keyword in there. I took the more important ones that I wanted to rank for and I put them in the front of that, that line, let's call it. Right. Um, so that's what I did. Okay. And again, I I don't know if any of this or all of this had something to do with it, but I'm just kind of, you know, kind of reversing back through what I did. Um, so I did that. Okay. And I, again, I put the most important ones in the title. Okay. And I made the title, you know, read well. It wasn't like stuffed with keywords. Uh, and then from there, uh, I went ahead and, and filled all the rest in, in the back end. The back end is really important for keywords. Okay. Very, very important that you, you pay attention to those. Uh, and I've talked about this before. I didn't use any commas. I didn't use any hyphens. It was just basically spaces. Um, and I didn't re, I, I didn't reuse those keywords, meaning I deduped them. So I went and I just used a free deduping tool, dropped them all in there. And then I just, I put them in, uh, you know, in each field as they came. Okay. So that's it. So again, optimize the listing, three pictures, title, bullets, description, backend keywords. All right. That's what I did. Now the launch looks like this. I gave away 25 units. Okay. And I gave away five per day for five days. All right. I also turned on pay-per-click day one. And the reason why I did that is because I already seen that some of the other competition was selling and ranking with zero reviews. So I'm like, okay, so maybe even if I get seen, I'll start selling, right? So that's what I did. So 25 uh, giveaways per, uh, per item. I had three products. Let's just talk about the one, all right? And then five per day for five days. That's 25 units, right? And we started to see that we we give away five and we'd have 15 sales and we give away five and we'd have 12 sales, right? So we kind of knew that uh, we were getting some organic sales and I was getting some pay-per-click. And then some people say, well, how do you know how much pay-per-click you got compared to, you know, how much, uh, you know, how many giveaways and then how much organic? Well, you know that you gave away 25 codes. You can see how many codes were used in your back end. So you see that number one, number two you have to wait until your pay-per-click is caught up for at least seven days, and then you can kind of go back and go, okay, 16 sales came from pay-per-click, all the rest came from organic. So that's kind of how you can reverse engineer and see exactly how um, how that's happened. Um, you know what I mean? Like how your numbers kind of break down. It takes a little bit of time because you got to wait that stuff out. So again, gave away the 25 units over the next five days or the first five days, I turned on pay-per-click on day one. I set up an auto campaign and then a suggested campaign, all right? So we took the suggested keywords that they that they uh, kind of scraped my my listing with. And again, this is another, another way for you to see how you are optimized and how you are... Uh, you know, kind of set up inside of Amazon as far as like how how well your listing is optimized. Because if you turn on your on your um, your uh, pay per click campaign and then you want to run a suggested uh, keyword uh, against that, you'll see all the keywords that you're showing up for or that they think that you should show up for. If you're only showing up for two, well, guess what? Guess what? You've got an optimization problem, right? Uh, and this happened recently, well, I'd say probably about six months ago, we did a coaching call for our private label classroom and one of the, uh, one of our students 
she actually um, was only showing up for like three keywords. And we asked her to look in her back end of her keywords and we just wanted to see, you know, what she had in there. And she's, you know, she showed us and we noticed that she had commas. So we had her remove the commas and within that hour, she was then ranking, or not ranking, she was showing up for I think a hundred. So it went from two to a hundred just by pulling out the commas. So that's a great way, even if you don't use this the suggested keywords that they're giving you, at least it'll show you that they're saying that you're relevant for those keywords. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, if you guys are brand new to pay-per-click or want to know kind of like some of the strategies that we've used, uh, we have an episode that we've done. I say we, Chris Schaefer and I. Um, episode 119 was one that we recently did, fairly recent. Uh, 119 covers the new features that Amazon has given us, which is uh, just an easier way to target more specific keywords. They give you the broad term keywords, they give you the phrase, and they give you the exact, and they also give you negative keywords. That's episode 119. The other episode you might want to check out is episode 78, and that was the seven big mistakes people make when using pay-per-click. So definitely check those out. I'll drop them in the show notes for you as well. Now, Again, I turned on auto and suggested. That was it. I didn't even run any broad at that time. Now, since then, I have done some research, some investigative work, um, and I stripped some keywords and put them into a broad campaign, and I'm keeping those broad terms just to let me know what is triggering certain keywords, and then I can see the exact searches that are being done by pulling that report. Again, I don't want to get you know, too far over some people's heads, but just understand that that's what you can do. But at this point, I didn't do that. I just did an auto campaign and suggested keyword campaign. I did two different campaigns. I think I set the budget, if I recall, at $25 per, and I did a, I think I did a dollar per click, okay? And I didn't spend a dollar per click, by the way. I think I was only spending between 50 and 65 cents, something like that. So definitely, uh, and, and the ACOS has been been really good um, now that I look back at it since it's been over a week since we've done it. I think it's been a couple weeks now, and uh, you know some of the ACOSs are as low as like 15 or 20%. Some, some I think were just under 50, but I'm okay with that in the beginning. You guys have heard me talk about that before because that helps me rank organically. Um, so I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. Um, but again, I use no keywords in the promo. So what I mean by that is when we did that promo, we used to create what they call is a keyword loaded URL. So what we would do is we would type our keyword in and then we would do a search. We would find our listing. Even if it was on page 10, we'd click on our listing. And now in the URL, the web address, we would have that search term as if someone searched for it. Okay. And then we would take that, we would put it in our, in our promo. And then when people would go and click on it to go over to our listing to use the coupon code, it would act as though they searched for that keyword. And it would give us a little bit of a bump in keyword ranking. Okay. And that used to be the strategy. I kind of wanted to go away from that because I didn't want to rely on that, especially in this case. I wanted to see what would happen. Well, I was surprised because it worked really well within. I think it was four days, we were ranking on page one for some pretty popular keywords. Uh, I believe it was at least 10, maybe even a few more. There was some more, but they were on page two, um, which again, I think once we get back up and running, we're going to be able to drive more sales going through those. Now, again, like I said, this could be technically seasonal. This could probably, I would guess, run through maybe the summer or start, it would start to taper off beginning of the summer, but then it'll probably kick back up again, 
maybe going towards the fourth quarter. I still think you'll get steady sales. I just don't think that this one here will have like 20, 30 sales a day sales. Like I, I'm thinking that this could this could potentially have. There's some that I'm looking at that are 600 or 800 or even 1,000 sales, um, you know, uh, per month, which is pretty crazy. Um, so again, I'm just testing this, experimenting, but so far, so good. Sold out of the inventory in five days, okay? Um, we ranked on page one for 10 keywords. Um, and the reason why I think it was easier was, again, because it was low competition, okay? And we were able to find a product that was under-optimized, right? It was probably not keyword loaded in the back end. Uh, the listing definitely could use some some help. And for us, we just did a very, very soft launch, a little promo, and we were able to rank. Now, even after I've been out of stock, I've noticed some of the keywords that have went down, but there's still some of them I'm ranking on page one for, even though I've run out of stock. So that that's really exciting to me because I know once I get back in stop, stock, I can start ranking again even higher and even harder. So again, my strategy right now with this is to roll out more of these SKUs, test them, okay, test with 200, 300 units, and then if it works, I'm going to go ahead and reorder and probably then go 500 or 1,000, um, and then we can kind of play it by ear, but it's going to allow me to, to take more SKUs and add to the product line, all right? So I just wanted to, again, go through this because I think it's, I think it's important, um, but just understand that I'm still experimenting, right? This is something that I'm still experimenting with. Um, again, taking something that you can bring to market rather quickly and then from there seeing if it's, if it's worthwhile, right? Before you go and make the large investment or the large order, all right? It allows you to tweak pay-per-click and it help, helps you rank, right? So it's a way for you to test without really putting a whole bunch of money up, you know, on the table. Uh, and, and that's what I'm playing around with right now. Again, like I said, you can do this using, using AliExpress. Okay. We've seen people do that really successfully where they, they, they take and they, they buy $500 worth of inventory and then they, they launch it. They do a little bit of pay-per-click. If they start to see it get traction, then they go ahead and they reorder, they rebrand, they, uh, they modify, uh, they, they modify the product. And I probably should mention that too, cause I'll get people that'll say, well, Scott, yeah, but if you remodify it later, what do you do with the listing that you already created? It's not the same product. Well, what you do is you create a variation of that. So whenever you set up your listing, you should always be setting it up as a variation, whether you're going to use a variation or not. It won't show up unless you have inventory in there. So what you want to do is you want to have that option because then what you could do is let that one run out that has you know the, the non-branded version, but it's very similar. The next one could have a feature that you added to it or you made it different or the packaging or whatever, and then you can have that one be the product now. So now you just have another variation of the one that you started with. I hope that makes sense. But that's a way to kind of get around that if you're at all wondering, how do I do this now that I've, I've kind of used a wholesale product and now I got it up and running and now I want to create my own version? Well, you just do exactly what I just said. You, you then brand it as your own, you put it up on its own variation, and then you let the other one kind of sell out of stock. And then you can just keep that other variation on there. You can even add other variations to it. But that's, an, that's a way that you can do that. I just want people to understand that 
it still doesn't have to be complicated. So many people want to come out of the gate and they want to spend five, ten thousand $10,000 because they want to get a ton of inventory so they can go ahead and really go all in. Uh, I don't think that you have to, even at this stage of the game. I think that there's still opportunities out there for you uh, to not have to go all in. Again, like I was talking, if you want to start selling more expensive products, but you don't want to buy a hundred of something that could cost you 30, 40 bucks, but you want to sell something that's selling for 70 or 80 bucks, which I think is going to be something that I'm going to be looking into myself moving forward because the competition will even get less because there's less people that can do it. Uh, but you know, it does take more capital, but you could do that by just wholesaling that. And then from there being able to see what sells and what doesn't, and then making that your own product. I mean, it's, I kind of look at the people that are doing retail ARB, like you're able to test multiple markets and you're able to see what's selling, what people are are attracted to, what people are are wanting, and then you can create a product that's similar to that without even having to create the product up front. You can just sell other people's brands, even major brands, and then you can come in. As long as it's not brand-driven, then you, know, you can go out there and make one similar or better. If you're selling a generic garlic press... And you can see that people, uh, and, and it's, and you're doing a retail ARB deal and people are buying it. Well, if you create your own and do your own marketing and do your own pay-per-click and stuff, don't you think that you could probably sell one similar to it and maybe even make yours better? It makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, but so many people still want to overcomplicate the process and you don't have to. I just want to go back to Amazon is a great place to test and verify a product before you actually go and invest in doing this humongous, like, you know, this, this humongous order, you know, that could be scary. You know, you can go there and test and tweak. And again, I just wanted to share with you this, this new experiment that I just did, which seems to be doing fairly well right now. I will keep you updated. I will let you know how it's going. I'm pretty excited about this. I think it's going to be interesting and I think I'm going to learn from it as well. And hopefully in that process, I can share with you exactly what I'm learning so you can hopefully do the same. So that is it. That is going to wrap up this episode. I did want to remind you guys about the transcripts and the show notes and all that good stuff. And if you guys are brand new, brand new, and you guys are just tuning in, or maybe you're just getting your feet wet, if you guys want to attend one of my live workshops where I break down exactly how to find markets that you can, that you can sell products to, how to source products, how to do a launch, how to do promotions, a little bit of pay-per-click, that type of stuff. If you guys want to learn that stuff, I do a live workshop. You can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. You can register for an upcoming one. I also am there live to answer your Q&A, your live Q&A, or I'll do live Q&A. So all you have to do is register and you'll get a few emails reminding you about the date. And uh, from there, we'll give you some downloads, some checklists, and some really cool stuff. So I would love for you to attend if you're interested, if you just want to get your feet wet and see what this business model is all about in a little bit more detail, a little bit more visual definitely register for an upcoming workshop. So guys, that is it. That's going to wrap it up. The show notes to this episode are at episode 204. So that's the amazingseller.com forward slash 204. Go check them out, download them, uh, read them, do whatever you want to do with them, share them, whatever you want. They're yours. And I just want to say again, thanks so much for hanging out with me on another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. I really do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'm wishing the best for you. So remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I'm rooting for you, but you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. I know it's kind of silly, but do it anyway. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, guys. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode.